Well, it's not often that the, the last Sunday of a year and Christmas fall on the same day, but 2022 gave us that gift. And um, when I look back on 2022, all I can really remember is um, being really over my head in the book of Revelation, like having those moments where it was like, what am I doing again? Why did I pick this? Why didn't I go with something else? <laughs> yeah. Um, Good stuff, though. Revelation was good stuff. That's just kind of what I remember. Um, But Advent was a big theme of Revelation, right? Because Advent means arrival. Advent means coming. And um, but Revelation talks a very about a very different Advent um, than what we talk about at at Christmas. Um, The Advent that we see in 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 Revelation, like there's this Jesus with like a a flaming sword coming out of his mouth, and when he speaks, it's like Niagara Falls, and people fall down on their faces like they're dead. Yeah, that doesn't happen much in the first Advent. Um, We see him on a horse leading an army, right, and it's like nothing for him to wipe out uh, his enemies. Nothing like the first Advent, and we need we need that reminder that first and second Advent are very, very different things. Um, So Christmas is sort of like, if you will, the origin story of the warrior who shines brighter than the sun. Not the, in the beginning was the word eternity origin story, but the earthly origin story, um, the Advent origin story. And we need the yearly reminder that we are between Advents and because we're between Advents, we're not, um, we're not a people who are putting our hope in the next big earthly thing, right? We're, we're not saying, you know what, if we could just get the right famous athlete, talking about Jesus, if we could just get the right celebrity on our team, if we could just get the right politicians, well, this thing could really take off, this whole Christianity thing. If we just had the right fame, if we had the right power, if we could just make a big enough splash, we could change the world for Jesus. Um, We light these candles with a hope that looks forward to the next Advent while living in peace, joy, love, and hope. And when that middle candle came into the world, um, it was nothing close to what it will be like next time. So I want to spend a little time this morning in Luke chapter 2, and I don't know if it's really a Christmas story, but it's my favorite Christmas story. I don't even know if that made sense, what I just said. But it's, um, I don't know who makes the rules for what's a Christmas story or not. Uh, This morning I do, so this is a Christmas story. Um, It takes place in the temple uh, with a man named Simeon, and I want to tell the story from his eyes this morning. What did Simeon see that morning? I'll try to be brief, but it's really good, and I get into it, so sorry. Um, This isn't typically a Christmas passage, because Simeon was not there for the birth of Jesus. He wasn't there with with shepherds. He wasn't there with this guy full of angels. Uh, He wasn't there with the manger. He didn't follow a star like the wise men, though, depending on how you arrange the Christmas story, the wise men may actually be after Simeon. We could debate that, but we're not. Um, you've probably never went to see, like, drive around your neighborhood and looking at lights and seen a Simeon in the temple with baby Jesus seen in someone's front yard, right? Because people would just go, 
what exactly is that? Why are Mary and Joseph, and who is that man holding Jesus? Yeah, um, but Jesus, by the time we get to Simeon's story, is about two months old. And let's just admit, he would have been cuter by then anyway, right? They're, they're two months old is cuter than a newborn. Can we just... Yeah, thank you very much for somebody agreeing with that. Yeah, so um, we're going to start this story by reading Luke chapter 2, verse 22. Um, it said in verse 22, 23, um, 24. Um, just kind of set up the story. It says, When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male must be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves and two young pigeons. So, um, a few things happening here. Um, Number one, if you gave birth, you were ceremonially unclean for seven days. On day eight, your son was circumcised. 33 days later, mom went to the temple and she offered, she, she gave an offering, a little sacrifice for her purification. If it was a firstborn son, uh, it was, the son was set apart to the Lord. As a matter of fact, every firstborn anything was set apart to the Lord. Uh, if it was your firstborn from a flock, sacrificed, you didn't sacrifice your son, but you came sort of as a consecration thing. And so Jesus would have had brought an offering of, of five shekels. And so what we have here is a moment of purification for Mary, a moment of consecration for the baby. So that's kind of the setup. And now we meet Simeon. There was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. Um, so we like this guy already. He is a righteous and devout man. He is waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit is on him. And when we say he was is waiting um, he is, waiting is an important, a very, very important element of the faith of every Old Testament saint. You might even say Simeon is kind of getting towards the end of the line of the Old Testament saints. They were all waiting, right? They're all waiting for the first advent. Abraham waited, Moses waited, David waited, the prophets waited. They, they all had this forward-facing element to their faith, waiting for the fulfillment of, their, of God's promises in his Messiah, in this Savior King, which didn't mean that, that Simeon spent his days twiddling his thumbs. It just meant that Simeon had this, this expectation. His heart was ready. His eyes were open. And it says he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. There are all these promises. Isaiah forty nine thirteen. Shout for joy, O heavens. Rejoice, O earth. Burst into song, O mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion compassion on his afflicted ones. Isaiah 51, 3. The Lord will surely comfort Zion. That's the consolation, the comforting of Zion. And will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Isaiah 52, 9. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted, has consoled his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. So Simeon and the other waiters 
knew that a day of, of unrivaled joy and gladness and thanksgiving and dancing and singing was coming for God's people. There would be this advent, this arrival. You might say they were looking for the kingdom because they were looking for the king. So Simeon in the spirit, had this heart full of expectation, looking for the king. I don't know. I don't know if Simeon was kind of weird in his day. I don't know if everybody was waiting. I, everybody couldn't have been waiting, right? I don't, I don't know if he was like in a really, really small minority. I don't know if everybody thought, oh, that's Simeon. He's got a few screws loose. He's, I don't know what they thought about Simeon. But the Lord says he was righteous and devout and the Spirit was on him. That's all we need to know. And he's waiting. And it says in verse 26, um, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Wow, I don't know how the Spirit did this, but somehow the Spirit assured him, um, you're going to see the Messiah, and I'm going to keep you alive for that to happen. Okay, I don't know about you, but if you know God makes a promise and he can't break it, what do you do if he says he's going to keep you alive until a certain event happens? Well, you, you join the X Games. You start just taking risks. You go bungee jumping. You skydive, right? You just go crazy. No, I don't know that Simeon did any of that. You just become a risk taker because you're like, hey, I'm invincible. I'm invincible because God says I'm going to stay alive till the Savior comes. I don't think that's what Simeon did. I really don't think. I just think it just made him that much more expectant. And can you imagine the joy in his heart going, my eyes get to see. Like Isaiah and Daniel would be totally jealous. I get to see this. Psalm 91.16, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Can you imagine how he felt when he read that? So Simeon, this invincible guy, it says that there was this day, <laughs> there was this day, it says, Moved, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. So there was this one day where things were just a bit different. It's like his sails were up, the wind was blowing. He feels compelled, he's moved into the temple courts. And he gets there, and this couple is there, young couple, this teenage girl. They've got a baby. And they're de there to do the things we just mentioned as the law required. You can imagine the Spirit leading Simeon up to Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus and the Spirit saying, there he is, Simeon. Simeon thinking, well, I thought he was going to look a bit more kingly than that. No, Simeon, not the guy, the baby. Not Joseph, the baby. Not the dad. Oh, the baby. <laughs> And it says, Simeon takes Jesus. Yes, strange man that I don't know, <laughs> who seems really, really happy and full of the Spirit. You can hold my baby. Um, Simeon takes the baby and says he took him in his arms and praised God. Now, Simeon, just walking up, would have known two things about Mary and Joseph. He would have known they were righteous people and they were poor people. 
They were righteous because they were there to do what God had told them to do. They were there to offer the sacrifices. They were there to purify Mary. They were there to consecrate their, their baby boy. He knew they were poor because um, the sacrifice was a lamb, but God had made provision in the law that if you were too poor to afford a lamb, you could give a pigeon, a dove, and there they were. So these are poor, righteous people. But he also knew that this baby is the fulfillment of every promise God had made. <laughs> what an incredible combination of events happening this moment. A spirit-filled man, a poor, righteous young couple, and the baby they're holding is the one that Simeon has been kept alive to meet. You talk about history coming together. Simeon takes the baby in his arms, and it says he, he said, he praised God. I don't know, did he sing? I like to think of him singing because it says he praised God saying, and these were his words. Now imagine being Mary and Joseph, and there's this man holding your baby, and he's saying this. Now they've heard a lot, but they hear this. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Joseph, what does he mean by that? <laughs> for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. You may now dismiss your servant. I can die now, Lord. <laughs> I can die now. Detain your servant no longer. Dismiss me. I've seen what you said I would see. This baby is salvation. This baby is light of revelation for the nations. This, glory is the, this baby is the glory of Israel. Simeon held the Savior who had been holding him. The glory of Israel is not just in being Israel. The glory of Israel is not Abraham. The glory of Israel is not Moses. The glory of Israel is not David. The glory of Israel is not the temple. The glory of Israel is not Jerusalem. The glory of Israel is Jesus, and Simeon is holding him in his arms. And this baby is a light for the nations, a light of revelation, a light to bring truth, a light that shines in the darkest places of the earth to make God known world over. That's a lot to put on a two-month-old, isn't it? You'd think your parents had expectations for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yet he says, my eyes have seen salvation. And you go, Simeon, he's still a baby. Don't care. My eyes have seen your salvation. I've seen the Savior, and if I've seen the Savior, I've seen salvation. And it says which is probably understatement, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Yeah, they marveled. Um, after everything they'd heard from the angels who visited them individually, the ones who came to the sky, all the, after everything they heard from the shepherds, now here's this happy man praising God, holding their baby. This poor young couple. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his Mary, his mother, verse 34, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. A sword 
will pierce your own soul too. She's not heard anything like this yet. Mary, this child is going to cause difficult things to happen in your soul. He's going to be a stone over which people will trip, and that stone will crush some people. He's going to be a stone that people are going to see that he's the cornerstone. They're going to build a life on him. He's going to be mocked. He's going to be rejected. He will be spoken against. He'll be believed, but he'll be spoken against. He will know the hearts of people he meets. He will know people's thoughts. And Mary, a sword is going to pierce your soul. So here you have this poor young couple, this humble, obedient couple. They can't afford a lamb, and their son is going to be the lamb. The final lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. And Mary will see her son hang on a cross, and her soul will be pierced as with a sword. Now, there's another person in the story. Her name's Anna, but let me just read about Anna. Um, there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow. And then it says until she was 84, but, but probably your Bible translation, if you have a difference, says another 84 years. So if it was another 84 years, this Anna was over 100. And Anna never left the temple. She worshiped day and night. She fasted. She prayed. So Anna was a staple at the temple. Everybody knew Anna. Oh, she's that really old fast and praying woman. She saw them. Anna like comes around the corner. She sees Simeon. She sees Mary. She sees Joseph. She sees Simeon holding this baby. She sees Simeon praising God. She comes up to them at that moment and she gives thanks to God. And she spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Like, what, what Simeon said to Mary and Joseph and the baby, Anna said to everybody. Like you can see her raising a ruckus right there in the temple, this little 106-year-old lady. <laughs> hey, everybody, look at this. Oh, wow, Anna's having a day, right? <laughs> Simeon sees salvation, light, and glory for the nations through the poor and the humble, for poor and humble people, Right? This is what the Lord says, Isaiah 66, 1, 2. This is what the Lord says. Heaven and earth is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Where's the house you're going to build for me? Where will my resting place be? Hasn't my hand made everything that came into being? Like, you really, you're going you're to do something for me? I made all of this. And then he says this, declares the Lord, Isaiah 66, 2. This is the one I esteem. He who is humble and contrite in spirit trembles at my word. All of that, all that God gives, he gives when he gives himself. Right? Go back to Simeon's word. My eyes have seen your salvation. A light for revelation, the glory of your people. This baby will not just point to salvation. This baby will not just point to glory. This baby will not just point to light. This baby is salvation. This baby is light. This baby is glory. 
what God wants to give us, what God wants to give to the nations, he gives in Jesus, not apart from Jesus. Right? When God wants to give you light, when God wants to reveal himself to you, he gives you Jesus. God didn't just stay up in heaven and say, hey, Jesus, what do you say we send them some light? He sends Jesus, and Jesus is light and salvation and glory. He was born to be these things. We do not go after salvation and glory as things apart from Jesus. Jesus gives us himself, and he gives us all this. And all of these things do not come into the world to or for, excuse me, through the great and the powerful, but through the humble and the weak. Or, if I may speak to the nerds for just a moment, it is hobbits who walk into Mordor, not kings. Close that, yeah. <laughs> it's just regular folk. And then he in turn says, let me find contrite hearts to give this to. Do you see? Through the humble, for the humble, it's a person, not a thing. And Simeon sees the person as a baby and says, it's all wrapped up in the baby. And Anna's telling everybody. I don't know how much longer Anna lived. Heck, she's 106 here, right? When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee into their town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. See, past Christmas there. Let me pray for us. Lord, um, as we end 2022 and um, look forward to a new year, Lord, what more could we ask for than more of Jesus? Jesus, we want to know you more. We want to press on to know you more. We want to seek you more because in you, Christ in us is our hope of glory. You are light. You are salvation. Lord, I pray that you would help us to not seek anything apart from seeking you. And thank you, Jesus, that you have given us yourself. Lord, I pray that 2023 would find us with even more humble, contrite hearts, that you would help us to pray, that you would help us to repent, that you would just get us to a place of humility so that our hearts would be open. Open to you, Jesus. Open to you, Jesus. Knock down every last shred of resistance. Every last wall of resistance, Lord. Open us up humbly before you. Lord, we're invincible until you're done with us. So just help us to walk in Christ and his purpose for us, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for friends and family. Thank you, Jesus. Be light, be salvation, be glory for us today. In your name we pray.